0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse. Hi, I'm Paul.
1: Hi, I'm Marissa. Hi,
2: I'm Brian Alexander.
0: Hi, I'm Evan. And uh, you have a podcast that I was listening to, and I was thinking, boy, you know, this guy really likes Philip K. Dick, or at least he reads a lot of them. Um, What's the name of your podcast?
3: Oh, it's uh, American Writers, 100 pages at a time. And I started just doing just that, just reading through the Library of America, 100 pages at a time. Uh, Each episode covers about 100 pages of text. Sometimes I would mean I'd look at a novel for three or four episodes. Sometimes it would be a one-off. Or like I was just doing Jack London, so I'd do several stories in one episode. But then at some point, I just I I've been working on Philip Dick for a while, so I thought I would just kind of create a parallel podcast on the same channel because Podbean you have to pay, so I, I didn't want to pay twice. Right. So I stuck the same this kind of secondary podcast on the same one, the Philip K. Dick Book Club, and I'm just going through the stories in chronological order. Yeah. And I'm, I think I'm up to I'm getting towards the end of 1954. But well, that's oh. the
0: bulk of his material in short stories, right?
3: Yeah, about half were published before 1955, I think. Um, oh, I don't think you've covered
0: this story yet, have you? Nope, I haven't gotten oh, to it we're yet. We're going to get a preview. So this yeah. is uh, our show on The Hoodmaker, a pretty obscure Dick story from, uh, is it 55, something like that? Yeah,
4: 1955.
0: Okay, um, so the end of his um, massive outburst of short stories and the beginning of his um, his novelizations um, or novels anyways uh, okay so apparently this never got a reprint until 87 is that right
3: with the collected stories
0: yeah I think that's the first reprint of the story I mean maybe there was something in a, in a foreign language but um, I I hadn't read this one before uh, it feels very familiar. It feels like a certain kind of story he's read before. But um, I'm going to read everybody's mind uh, using my tele- telepathy skills and <laughs> tell you what you think of it. OK. All right. Uh, starting with Paul. Paul thought it was OK. <laughs> no, Ma- I, I actually liked it quite a bit. Oh, oh, my, oh, you're wearing a hood. Sorry. OK. I was wearing a hood. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Marissa, she thought it was OK
1: oh creepy you got it right i knew it
0: uh, uh brian <laughs> was intrigued although i got a i got a little hint of that because it, he, he he uh said something a little spoilery for the podcast <laughs> he said, pat the fingers out of my mind <laughs> that's right <laughs> and i have no idea what evan was thinking because um because he, he approaches everything so academically
3: <laughs> oh sorry about that
0: <laughs> so <laughs> Um, what do you think, Gavin? Is this a good story, a bad story, a deep story, a shallow story? It's
3: not his best post-human story. Is that a yeah, cop-out?
0: Yeah. I, 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 I found myself going, that's a stupid twist. I like the ending, um, but the stupid, like, they're freaks? That's not much of a... Uh, a yeah, turn. so they're not even
3: post-humans. That's disappointing. Uh,
0: yeah. Um, that it has a, gr- a lot of great language in it. And Paul, you you liked it, I, because I did. I did like the twist because it's
5: because it's at ortho, it's orthogonal to what Philip K. Dick usually does with these stories. Like the telepaths are the next step, or they're struggling against humanity. And I mean, look at the the Golden Man as an example. Mm. And here he reverses that, and the telepaths turn out to be a dead end. See, I, that's not something he's generally done. The telepaths it's true. are usually so I, I i appreciate it for him actually flipping his script for a change it's like though the telepaths are 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 spurt and not going to last and take over or be a continuing problem they're ju- they're just a a side branch which i thought huh that's that's unusual i i'm glad he decided to uh, go with uh something different for a change although the tv adaptation takes it in a different direction
0: yeah marissa what did you think of this story
1: um, I thought it was like as you said it was okay. It had some good stuff, but it wasn't like it didn't blow my mind no. in any way. There was nothing like super surreal or life changing. But I guess as well, like maybe at the time he wrote it, it was a bit more interesting. Like I feel like. Um, well,
0: I, I kind of am I'm totally in sympathy with that, and and yet I, I want it to be what I think Brian is going to say it is. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> what is this story about? What do you What do you think of it? It's about Facebook, man. Uh, uh, I, I was thinking it is kind of about our times in a large no,
2: way. I, I mean, reading it, you know, it's impossible to read it without the uh, McCarthy period. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, when they talk about, uh, do they actually say resettlement camps or re-education yeah, camps? I mean,
4: yeah.
2: you know, there's an echo of the Third Reich as well as uh, the newly born um, uh, communist China. But, you um, but for me, I, I just thought this was really prescient. Thinking about uh, the you know, the age of mobile surveillance that we're running into, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you can you can print and buy masks now to put on to foil uh, facial recognition software. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I think, I was, I, that was one. That was one thing. The other thing, of course, is just the way uh, you know, hoodies are seen as a symbol of. Uh, you know, insurgent or uh, criminal youth mm-hmm.
1: yeah I was thinking the same thing Brian that it's on <clears throat> Facebook except I wasn't thinking so much about the facial recognition distortion more that um, we don't even need the telepathy anymore like we put all of that stuff on Facebook anyway and on Twitter mm-hmm. all of our political thoughts so the hoods kind of um, it, the hoods for us now would just be to not do that <laughs> To deplug, yeah. yeah. Like we don't even need the hoods because it's all just open. We're all open books anyway now. Evan, if some well, government wanted I'd to go find a out bit, something,
0: yeah.
3: Farther with this, actually, I. Well, this is coming from the TV the episode, mm-hmm. but there's a line in it, and I don't think it's in the story at all, and I don't even think it would fit in the story quite right thematically. But Cutter, the hood maker at the end of the TV show says something like the only free state is our mind is our thought. Mm. And this is kind of silly in a couple ways. I think one is our thoughts are a product to some degree of the world around us. So if we live in a free state, our minds are going to reflect that. If we live in a totalitarian state, our minds are going to reflect that. So Mm. this, this kind of, uh, Wilson Smith idea that we're sitting in our apartment, writing out our secret thoughts in our diary. I, I don't quite buy that. So there's that, but more so, take a look at feminism, for instance. Um, women have always had thoughts. It's when we ed- when they got educated and when they started to write stuff down. You know, and Mary Wollstonecraft gets into this a little bit with the importance of education mm-hmm. for women. That it's it's through expression and saying what your deep down thoughts are openly that you get power mm. that there's nothing just having your ideas in your head doesn't really matter much. It's about articulating them and writing them down and expressing them. And even in democracy, that is almost implies a surveillance state, right? We tell mm. the government what we think every four years or we you know, wherever you live, whenever you vote, you tell the government what you think. So, and hopefully our in a democracy, the government responds to that. That's so, um, yeah, that's, I, I think this idea of surveillance, what the problem with surveillance is when surveillance is used to suppress movements and actually actions
0: i guess so mm-hmm. uh, my m- my big thing about this is in comparing the two movie and the or uh, the tv show adaptation and the uh, the book is is that they're completely reversed in, in in sort of sympathies and ideas in a way one is mm-hmm. utterly about the emotions and getting sympathy for I guess a group of people who have, I don't know, facial thingies, <laughs> birthmarks, I guess, or whatever. And then the other one is it's all about um, sort of mob mentality. And I'm I'm struck by the opening scenes of both have a reversal, right? Everything's reversed. In the in the book, there's a person wearing a hood who's attacked by a mob. The mob wants him to show his thoughts, right? You're a communist, essentially. What do you have to hide? Um, why are you hiding behind the Fifth Amendment, right? <laughs> Tell us what you think, so we can put you in a detention camp or blacklist you or whatever. And then, in the in the show, we've got the exact opposite. Um, the crowd is protesting against against surveillance. Um, they 've got they're wearing uh, within the crowd there's a member wearing a hood who is against the cops who are lurking in the shadows picking out the thoughts of the people as they go by and I was like <laughs> it almost feels like the the show is a sign of the, the of the water temperature of society in Britain and, and in the United States right now where, <laughs> they can get they can get a sense of of how it's it's like they took the the ideas that Philip K. Dick had and says, that's interesting. Let's let's flip it. <laughs> and I, I was like, Wow, that is uh it's not it's no longer about a witch hunt. <laughs> it's it's against you know, we have to control people and this power group versus that power group. Um, and
5: control and control both groups. I mean I mean when we reveal at the end that the cop that the cop really doesn't like the telepath and is basically they're using the telepaths and the mob it's like the yeah. the, the government the government is pitting both these groups against each other in in order to re- maintain power which is which it's, is not it's a about nice
0: power ed- and yeah. and and in the in the short story I felt like uh it, it is a problem i mean some of the words that are in this story are striking in that if they hadn't been published um you know for 30 years it's interesting that they 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 seep out so one of the words is teep right t-e-e-p um right. that is in babylon 5 uh j michael straczynski show where they deal with telepaths in the same way um, sort mm-hmm. of is a threat to be controlled, and it, it's almost as if this could be set in a future, a future version of our of, uh, Babylon Five could be set in a future version of, of the world in this story, um, except for the fact that you know they're not not a Homo Superior as even mentioned, right? That's another thing with uh, the X Men, right? The mutation and how th- people fear them. So there's that. Um, and then the other one that was connected is the word uh, slim, slim gun. Um, Evan, did you notice that from other stories? Well, I noticed it, but I, I don't
3: know of any other references
0: yeah, so to it. He uses, he does this a lot. Um, at one point, Marissa and I and Paul were working on a thing called the Philip K. Dick Retorizer, which is just a <laughs> uh, chart showing his made-up words and how they're used in, in different stories it's actually i knew it was familiar i thought it was in the story of the gun but it's not it's in uh the skull and that's a story oh that's right that's basically a time travel it's it's basically the terminator right he goes back in time to change change the past and kill somebody um well it's a
3: terminator if if the guy who was sent back was jesus
0: (laughs) Uh, yes uh but he also comes back with his own skull under his arm right (laughs) <laughs> Which is oh, oh no, well, he goes it, back in time with oh, holding his own skull. I can't remember how it works.
3: <laughs> no, I think he 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 goes back in time and to
0: skill Sarah Connor.
3: and he's noticed. He goes back in time and he's noticed, and then he goes back in time a little bit farther because he went too soon or too early. I don't the right of the right term. <laughs> but then he goes back farther and then he dies. So that's why people were so shocked to see him. So it kind of explains the resurrection through mm-hmm. time travel. Mm-hmm but yeah, you're, I think the, it, the word the the word's in there you.
0: Um, so he, he makes up these, these phrases and, and they, they, they're they somehow sticky and I think they're sticky uh, not just with him, but like especially the word teep, I think it's sticky because because it is uh, there's, he's really got his finger on something and I don't think this story works out exactly perfectly and that's why it goes back to telepaths over and over again I think he's still working out what it means
3: but well, I think it more more broadly he's playing with post-humans a lot at this point in his career I, yeah. I just made a list of the stories, you got the golden man mm-hmm. you got the crawlers, which the crawlers have a lot in common with this story in the sense that yeah. there's kind, they're kind of short-lived because at the end of that story the crawlers start to give birth to four-limbed human children, right. so it was just a short-term radioactive kind of result, or a result of some, ex- you know, exposure and then those are going to go extinct.
0: That's his but you have abortion, plan for slash, um, abortion slash... Abortion slash... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, abortion. Uh, thalidomide uh, story. Nuclear ex- experiments, yeah.
3: all that. Most importantly is World of Talent and Simon Heal My Daughter. But then you have The Hoodmaker, Minority Report. You have The World Jones Made, of right. course. Right. And then mm-hmm. finally, I think the O is maybe the, alt- is the culmination of some of his thinking about post-humans you're as a threat this mm-hmm. idea that the post-human is a danger and this is kind of a thought experiment in that they're not really the post-human they're just uh you know the freaks
4: mm-hmm.
3: um but i think you even see that in the world jones made that they seem dangerous but at the end of the day they're really limited it's it's the uh... well that's complicated because you have jones as a failure but then you have the venusians who become the real future mm-hmm. going to the frontier settling Venus uh, but he's he's playing with us a lot and he stops doing it I think he, you still have posthumans and you have precogs and these these figures but they're not nearly as dangerous after the null mm-hmm. hmm.
0: I, think, um, I think I'm remembering
3: in Three Stigmata Palmer Eldridge where they're precogs but they're just used to like figure out what the new fashion is and mm-hmm. there's a moment yeah. where two of them get together because they figure we're going to end up sleeping together anyway so let's just which get story early. was it
0: that he has the anti-telepaths as well but
3: well, that's the world of talent okay and that's used in the story or in the in the tv version they take that idea yeah of the anti-telepath and yeah but they i think they stole that from world of talent <laughs> i guess that's optimistic reading of it <laughs> yeah
0: all right. Apparently, that, uh, people are saying that this is the best episode, and I'm really worried that, that that's true. I haven't watched any of the I albums. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well,
5: well they, have, they haven't been officially released in the States. They won't be until – so, so. Yes, yeah, So, this show isn't even out in the U.S. officially yet until January, but you've been seeing all the episodes
0: already? Oh, well, I have them, but I haven't watched them all.
5: Oh, no, but – I, so I guess because it's been, it's being released in the, was released yeah, in the UK. was yeah it's on
0: ITV I think in the, in the okay UK. yeah
5: yeah so we haven't even seen them seen them yet so
0: yeah but I've seen the reviews and people are saying yeah so it's getting the first one's got a mixed review but if this is the best that they can you know manage I'm very worried because some of the stories that are listed are ones I'm big fans of you know or a big fan of and um, this one. I mean, it's sort of an obscure story to start with.
4: Hmm.
0: I don't well, I've seen a few of the
3: episodes. Yeah, what do you so, think? Um, I actually liked Impossible Planet. Okay. Which, except for the ending. That's number two, is, I think. It's fairly faithful. And they add something that's not in the original story, and that it's really about tourism and how the, the false, the fakeness of tourism, which is really thematically something Dick would have appreciated. Mm-hmm. But it's not really in the original story, very much so, and I kind of like that with the Hoodmaker too. That the Kipple is in the Hoodmaker. Yeah. All these worthless, yeah. used, used up, needless people. And that's in Blade Runner 2049 mm-hmm. too. These leftover, the Kippleized human beings. Yeah, so I, I, I think yeah, I think that was nice. That was added in the the Hoodmaker too. Mm. This episode, it
0: it had oh, so some I like that there's overt stuff that themes. looked like it was you know straight out of Blade Runner where he's got the gun and he's leaning against the wall and looking around the corner. Um, it was a, an homage or something, I guess. Um, it it was fairly well directed and such. I I'm just worried about like I, I I'm starting to think maybe Philip K. can't be translated to film because <laughs> I think it's only been done. Perfectly once, and it it's a very radical interpretation. Um, and every mm-hmm. other one is sort of yeah, they take a, a little idea and then they go their own direction with it.
5: So I think transmorgifying rather than yeah. translating, both yeah. I think is the way to go in order to get his ideas on the screen. Yeah. Although 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 I do like a Scandal Darkly, so yeah, that's two. That, that was all right. Um, but one thing, I, one thing I really liked about this episode. Cause I'm, because because I've been watching cause, because you know I'm all about watching looking at the world building looking at the world when mm-hmm. I'm watching and consuming stuff and I'm look I'm watching and looking at this world and looks very feels very 70s ish.
0: Yeah, I mean and they're driving around 70s got, cars, right?
5: Yeah, and that that, that sort of uh in that brutalistic art architecture, and very very low technology, and then there's a throwaway line at the end where they talk about. The internet and the world wide web and i thought it's a post-apocalyptic story
4: yeah
5: that, yeah. that was yeah. a national nice revelation too <laughs> like oh that explains they've we've actually gone back in technology and we're stuck with the crap it's not that we're set in the alternate 70s it's just that mankind has gone backwards and that explains the where the telepaths came from they're not a spurt off of madagascar they're they're probably mutations from a nuclear war mm.
1: Yeah I think that's like maybe Evan was um, kind of talking about that like I missed it in the TV show but there's apparently like computers and screens piled up in the background like Mm. broken future technology
3: Well there's that kipple but I was talking about the people I I think this I mean that's that's kind of my reading of Do androids dream of electric sheep is that all the people on earth are are kipple Yeah Mm -hmm. I mean they're sterile so they have no future just like the the junk so they're like Mm -hmm. the junk leftovers of humanity That's right so kipple is can be used, I think, for a lot of the people in Dick's novels.
1: Yeah,
0: except kipple's supposed to accumulate, right? It's supposed to reproduce itself. Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a small small flaw with it, but it, it certainly feels like the the, the detritus of uh, or detritus of the um, of the world that that which does not emigrate. And this is one of the things that I, when I was listening to your. Podcast have and there's actually quite a few podcasts that do a Philip K. Dick. You know, I'm surprised how many do it um, because I guess he's, he's he's really good to read. But um, one of the things that you you talked about that I haven't I haven't really clued in I hadn't clued into until you started talking about it is um, how a lot of his Dick stuff can be seen as um, uh, talking or thinking about the the frontier. And it, it's a theme that sh- shows up in practically every every novel. Um, people are always moving and thinking about moving to Mars. Um, if if uh, Do Androids Dream of, of Electric Sheep has the same thing, everybody's moving off-world, right? Um, the, only, yeah, only the, even the
3: Maze of Death, which is so pessimistic, has this ambition.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I, I always sort of put it down to, uh, you know, he likes to move. <laughs> You know, this neighborhood's not doing it for me. It's sort of a sign of mental illness in a certain sense, right? That you externalize the problem of your neighborhood, and, and you you say, by moving, I will change my environment and thus solve my problems. Um, not severe mental illness, just a, a sort of a uh, not knowing that you're the problem, that you take your problem with you. But sometimes it works as well, right? So it, th- there is that. Um but apparently, I'm gonna squeeze this optimism out of out, out of
3: Dick as much as I can. Yeah, because but he's you, you, often you seen as so pessimistic to a as a writer. Book, right?
0: That he read.
3: Did well, I. Well, the study of history. I I'm pretty sure he read because he mentions it mm-hmm. at least in um, Time out of Joint, and yep. a few, I think a few other places. But Turner, I just I don't know if he read Frederick Jackson Turner, but I. He, it must be in the cultural DNA of science fiction with mm-hmm. all the, the exploration. That, that's this frontier thesis of American history. And being a California writer, he must have been in tune somewhat to this idea of the frontier, even if he never read it. Yeah. But there is this optimism here. It's like that we become stagnant. This, this is Turner's idea, essentially, that we become stagnant and, and you know urban and, and we kind of get more hierarchical. We get stuck in these institutions and then we have to go out into the frontier and a new generation has to go there and chop down their own trees and learn new things from the Indians and kind of rebuild civilization. And in doing so, that's where American democracy sort of comes from. Mm -hmm. And you see that a lot of Dick's early tales that humanity is stuck and they have to go out. So like Mr. Starship. Or Mister Spaceship, right? I forget just called. Or especially Variable Man. That's a really good example of this, mm-hmm. where literally all technology is focused not on exploration, but on how to defeat win a war, so they can explore. And then even in the world Jones made and uh, Time Out of Joint, you have this idea that there's humanity has to break free. So in Time Out of Joint, you have this conflict between the Martian, or not, no, the lunatics, the people on the moon, and the Earthlings. And the people on the moon want to have this exploration. And they end up being the good guys of the novel, even though they're dropping nukes on Earth.
5: Right, because the protagonist in the end says, oh, no, they're right. Yeah.
0: It's interesting. I, 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 I'm hesitant to psychoanalyze Dick, but I, he moved from the East to the West, right? He moved to California with his mom when he was a kid, I think. Um, and it, he always seems to have people... You know, they they pick up, and they they go somewhere. It's gonna it's gonna work out. I, I I don't know if his mom's psychology was working there, but it's also just true in Canada. You know, like um, all my relatives, they started off in <laughs> in the Saskatchewan, and then they moved to Alberta, and now the la- like the very last of them. <laughs> yep, yeah, they're gonna move out to uh, British Columbia, and. Uh, my mom's talking about moving to Vancouver Island there's literally nothing to the west of us right this that's the mm-hmm. end there's no more frontier we're gonna have to I don't know move elsewhere but the North American experience is everybody moves west right Brian mm-hmm. you got when you move in Vermont you still have to move west to West Vermont <laughs> there's not a lot of room there but I can do it. <laughs> You've had to hew down some trees, you know how to do that. I can do that. <laughs> I I I think it's it's really interesting that he's got this this um sort of he does these these stories where he he sort of turns it into a police drama or something like that where he's got some character on the run. And this is something that it feels like it's it's foreign to him. He sort of gets his handle on it. Um, uh, the skull is one of them. The gun. Oh, there's a lot of them from this this era where it's sort of a man on the run who's hyper competent. Here, it, it's subverted a bit, but it feels like it's not his his forte. And I think whenever he does it, uh, even when it it's done well, it's just not as good as his his um, his other stuff. Like um, uh, apparently, this story was submitted at the same time of as of withered apples which i think is just one of his terrific i don't know they're fantasies i guess uh but they're more like fairy tales have you guys all read that one oh, you, turn,
5: you turned us on to that one jesse yeah yeah it is very much more fairy tale it's very undicky in that way well
0: he, he, the focus it's a strain kind of. that he was doing it at the same time it's almost like a an antidote to these ones that i guess um are more mainstream science fiction in a certain sense, you know, like they're, they're they're more likely to get a cover on a on a magazine, although they didn't in this case. Um, Evan, did you have you read that one?
3: Yeah, I, I think I have my episode on, on withered apples. Up, my take on it is is I put it next to in the garden and mm-hmm, out in the garden beyond the door and of withered apples, and then human is, and then you have adultery with an animal yeah of clock <laughs> yeah. a tree, and then finally an alien <laughs> right and they're all written pretty similar in fact, of withered apples was writ was submitted to the editor or to his agent like a week before human is right so this i I think of withered apples is yeah, I, I really like it the the writing is really great on it and, and it, it's it's really, it's, it's, like, it's nice because it's a fantasy but it's a it's a, also another story about adultery something thinking about it's like Talk about
0: it, it's like it's written by a different kind of writer, you know, in a certain sense, because it's it, it also doesn't like the plot of this one could be from some other person, in my in my view. Whereas I don't think th- those those fantasy stories that are so different, they're like fairy tales. I don't think anyone I don't think anyone has written anything exactly like them, uh, other than you know, uh, the Brothers Grimm writing it down. Um, they're they're all and even there there uh, you you can tell that that's written sort of by the collective unconscious whereas these are definitely written by a dude who's worried about his wife cheating on him or about cheating on his wife um and and with this one I'm yeah it's okay it's got some interesting stuff it's got some sticky elements but I wasn't blown away by it And I I I'm, I just puzzles at as to why they would adapt that one but I think one of the, one of the things I heard about uh, the show is the, the creators of the show were saying, I don't, I doubt it will last this long. But he said, in, in future seasons, I can see, I can see us adapting the same stories over and over again, um, because every interpretation is mm-hmm. different. I really like mm-hmm. that idea, but I yeah, me too. I don't think that they they'll get there. Yeah. I think that's
1: the thing with the adaptations. Like, I don't mind. I like it when it's either really close to the source or when they just kind of take like a seed of an idea and do something totally different with it. So I could see them doing totally different things with the same story. That'd be kind of fun.
0: I, I, I would like to see a straight up adaptation set beside the one we've given because it is it would be, you know, one is pro state and the other one's anti state.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've got that underground uprising that <laughs> TV and movies love so much.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> it's, it's really strange.
5: I, I would like this show to succeed. I mean, I, I could see your concerns, Jesse, that this thing's not going to have legs because maybe in a sense we've gone too far in the sense of everything has to have an arc. Every, season, every show has to have a complete story thing and you have to watch the whole thing and you don't really have the the serialized individual episode anymore mm-hmm. uh, so I mean I mean, a show like this where you can gather a number of different stories I mean I think that's still a valuable way to uh, approach the medium
0: of television are we uh, moving on to our next section <laughs> or has anybody got anything else uh, on this well, one?
3: I like anthology series oh, so I do too I, I kind of grew up on Outer Limits
0: this technically isn't like an a, anthology. I was a teenager,
3: but I watched that all the time. It's,
0: it's and, not technically an anthology though, because it's all the same author. It's more like Ray Bradbury Theater, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Anthology is when you, you get a whole yeah. bunch of different authors and mix it up. And and I'm I'm really worried that like this is this is going to be it. That's going to be one season because they kind of screwed it up.
3: I, I think they're trying too hard to be kind of clever at the end of episodes. I, I yeah. think like in impossible planet you'll see this it, that story has a a fairly cut and dry black and white ending i think that yeah they're visiting earth although they don't know it now maybe you could say it's still a little ambiguous but it's i think most readers will come away with that thinking they visited earth and then they kind of go weird with it in the episode and they do that a little bit here too it's not instead of just having the spy versus spy mm. kind of narrative it's are we siding with the telepaths who are this oppressed minority you know they're put into sex work weird sex work and stuff it seemed
0: and everybody was oppressed it's just that they were you know uh, uh, some sort of racial group and yeah
3: but and then they go murder this guy so i don't know we're we supposed to sympathize with him yeah. either with them
0: and i, I you know honestly i kind of like the ending um with not knowing what the answer was you know uh, but it, it only hit me on an emotional level, and I, I never want to be only hit there. I want I want the emotions to follow from the, you know, it's like, ooh, uh, she, can she trust him? Should she open the door? Did she open the door? Will we ever know? Oh, our, the mind is blocked from us. Oh, I got it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think we need that in most Dick stories. That's, no. I guess that's my feeling. No. It's, no,
3: he's It's not all ambiguity. It's not all which rea- It's not what's the real reality underneath. Part reality it's most of his stories don't even do that so just they're just good stories on their own mm-hmm. without that so I think sometimes you've been Todd Dick has been a bit typecast in a way Totally. As,
0: so are, oh, we're talking about uh, what's this show called oh, 2049
5: Blade Runner 2049
0: Okay. is there a subtitle
5: yeah, this is a subtitle Blade okay. Runner 2049
0: Okay. 2049 is a subtitle all right, Marissa and Paul, I I kind of heard your thoughts on it. Uh, Brian, what what did you think of this movie?
2: I had a lot of thoughts. Uh, wrote a little bit about it. I really want to see it again, um, just so I can have a sense of um, a better sense of it. It it succeeded in trying to evoke that atmosphere of the original film. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially through the uh, through the astonishing visuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, just gorgeous. Um, the soundtrack worked mm. during the movie, but uh, I listened to it. Yeah. It's not a. It's not as impressive. Um, I was concerned about a few things. Uh, one was sound quality. Uh, I actually, uh, whenever the villain spoke, I, I I honestly think either he was badly miked or there was a problem in post production, mm. but. It was hard to follow some of his monologues, which is a problem because he's the villain and he's supposed to be important, and we barely see the guy. Um, and that was actually part of a larger problem: was that the plot was kind of vague and dreamlike, and um, a bit slapdash, and it was hard to understand the motivation of the of just about anybody. <laughs> um, I liked. Uh, at worst, it reminded me of uh, the two Jakes. Mm. that's
0: the bad that's a a slap (laughs) in the face right there (laughs)
2: when when i when i see sequels one of the things that always seems to me a kind of cry for help is when they are about being sequels yeah when they when they make the the predecessor a a major plot point and concern for people to talk about and since the plot of big runner 2049 is about trying to figure out how to have children I, i was a little bit on the nose i mean have robots having children as you guys know i mean that's the that's the theme or the or the climax of the first robot story uh, with with the word robot you know rossman's universal robots Mm -hmm. um so it was a kind of interesting nod back that way um i'm i I was struck by a report that said that the audience was uh mostly older and male Mm -hmm. and that that was a problem for marketing um, and so I was really, really interested in that. I went back and watched the, uh, the trailers and saw that, yeah, just what everybody in the movie is, uh, male and, uh, that's interesting. So this must've come across as a, uh, male themed action movie. Um, and the movie is old, um, the original movie. So, you know, this is, uh, not aimed at 15 year olds. Um, overall, I thought it was, it, it was weirdly hypnotic, but incoherent it felt like a like a tone poem mm. rather than a, rather than an opera
4: yeah.
2: I, sorry I've, I've written about this and, I'm, and my own thoughts are still swirling about it um let, let me stop and let you guys go on
0: well evan what's your reaction to this film
2: well i, I guess i
3: haven't thought about it that much i certainly haven't written anything down about it i, I like what you you said was that brian yeah but yes. uh, it being a tone poem <laughs> I mean, you, going back to RUR, I mean,
5: it's
3: in a way this is a, this should be a story about slavery, and I think it did that, it, and it succeeded, I think, in doing that, and actually extending the slavery in this world to children. I, I really enjoyed that.
0: Those um, are all human children in that in that
3: human children, but then you have yeah. the the villain mm. is he you know whatever. Uh, he's basically saying he wants a slave race, right? And he needs a bigger slave race. Yeah, my, myself, I, I, I'm just sick of dark science fiction. I, I want, I want liberation to be a theme again. I, I want
2: utopianism mm-hmm. back. Did you okay. read the um, the new Kim Stanley Robinson? I, I haven't read his new stuff, no. But well, that'll that'll make you happy. It's uh, New York twenty-one forty. It's um, okay. Yeah, skip his uh, skip the more recent books before that. Um, I think Aurora is actively offensive. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the New York New York twenty one forty is actually it's it's openly utopian. Um I mean it's explicit and he's good it's at me, a, it's, it's a fun book. Yeah, it's a good book. Um well I I I, but I think I the movie was
3: great. I, I, I don't really have any complaints about it. I think it was closer to Dick's themes than at the original in a lot of ways. Hmm. Um, but it it carried on those original sins from the original adaptation, like making Deckard a a robot. I I never liked that. And, or even when they played with that idea in those director's cuts, I can't keep track of all that, Mm. all those different versions that came out and the different interpretations of it. But I, yeah, I never liked that part just because it veered so much from Dick's whole
2: point of, of the novel. But I thought having, bring Deckard back. I'm not sure that was a good idea in the sequel. I mean, and then confronting him with a fake Rachel. I mean, I thought mm-hmm. it was a kind of fan service. Yeah,
5: um, it was very fan service.
2: Yeah. all those parts of the movie should be deleted. I, I resented
0: <laughs> it. I was, I was, te- it was like watching. It was, watching the- it was uh, Cushing coming back in the new Star Wars, exactly. right? Exactly. It's like exactly. thank you. Now I have to think about Cushing forever doing these roles. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, one one should meditate daily on Peter Cushing. I he agree, should, one but. should watch his films, not the ones where they, yeah, rec- reconstruct yep. his zombie. That was horrible. I, I,
2: I was, but what, what, one thing that did surprise me was, um, uh, the I don't know what her job title is, but the avenging uh, android at the end, um, uh, angel. Angel or Love?
5: Love, Love,
2: right. Yeah, she was... Um, I was impressed by her as a character, and it seemed, to, you know, part of the 21st century science fiction interest and equity um, to, have, um, to have more female characters, um, and she was kind of the primary villain. I mean, uh, you know, she's the face of villainy in that. Um, and, you know, there's kind of this interesting moment where she and... I can't think of her name. The the police officer commander, um, you know, they confront each other. Like, this is interesting. You know, in, in a movie Mrs. twenty Underwood. years. Ago, <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> Very funny. This would have been uh, this would have been um, a male versus male conflict, and so it was interesting to have that be you know female versus female conflict.
4: Um,
5: mm-hmm.
2: But then that gets undone at the end when you have uh, Deckard versus the villain. Um, with a couple of different women as props again.
5: Marissa, you've been quiet. Why don't you speak?
1: Um, yeah, I I kind of agree with Brian. Like um, that, it's just such a hypnotic mm. kind of more of an experience movie than anything mm-hmm. else. Like um, when I went back to watch it again and look at the plot a bit more, um, that kind of undoes a few things. Um, and like Jesse, like I would just delete some scenes, like that that moment when Rachel came back. I almost felt embarrassed, like watching that. I was kind of cringing a little bit. and I think they spent like a year and a huge amount of the budget doing that, and I kind of wish they hadn't. They should. But um, yeah, I I love it. I think I haven't enjoyed a movie this much since I think like Lost Highway or something mm. is a similar movie for me, and they're kind mm. of similar in that way with that, that hypnotizing kind of atmospheric mood that I just love. It doesn't need to all be perfectly plotted and action and. I
0: think I, I think it's a, a really good film if you look at it uh, separately from the original Blade, Blade Runner, say, you know, one's in one universe and the other's in another universe. And yes, in the second universe with Blade Runner 2049, the first Blade Runner exists. Um, but in the first universe, Blade Runner by itself needs no sequel. It's fine as mm-hmm. it is. Uh, whichever version we like to talk about is fine. In the second one, um there's lots of good things in it. It's it, it's yeah, visually striking. I think the relationship between Kay and his girlfriend uh, are terrific. I love the um I can't remember the name of the wrestler or not wrestler prize fighter guy who plays the um the, the uh, android who's hiding on a farm
1: by Oh yeah, himself. like Sutter or something. Yeah, he's, ter- he's
0: terrific in that and and the, those scenes where he's making his garlic pasta um Mm -hmm. just terrific and there's many scenes where you know just walking through the fog or whatever it's terrific but anything that comes down to the actual plot beyond him going to the police station and you know getting his interviews um uh, anything beyond that and and what i mentioned before is basically garbage and the reason it's garbage is it's all setting up a sequel of some kind which I, i can't imagine we ever need to see um and we might not. It was a bomb. Uh, I, yeah. I think so, but like uh, uh, this bad guy who doesn't get killed in the story, as far as I can remember. Um, no. with all the swarming things. He's going to be the bad guy in the next book. Um, next thing. Um, here's a question for you. Who's the bad guy in the first movie? I, I thought it was you, Jesse. I think I am the bad guy in the first movie, right? Uh, because I'm a human being, and I've, I'm sort of putting up with the uh allowing the slavery of my fellow human beings to no, no. born from robots. The,
2: the strength of the of the of the first movie is that it's uh is that the bad guys are cast as the uh as the replicants. Um I mean it's you know like a Western, they're the outlaws coming into town. Um but the strength of the movie is the final transition where you know the gradual transition of uh of the main character and presumably us recognizing their humanity
0: yeah they're all they're all good they're all good and bad right roy mm-hmm. batty he just wants to reckon with god say what the fuck have you done you created me you bastard um and, and, and you made me immortal pops got his eyeballs out i mean yeah. it's, a, it's a successful story it is he, he yeah. gets what he wants and then he's merciful in the end right um and then you know i mean who the good guy The story is the partner Right, who who lets them go and says, you know, g- get on with it. Um, Gaff is the good guy. That's an interesting interpretation. I think I think he must be. He's the because he's he's merciful without being, you know, he knows what Deckard is or whatever. Um, but Jesse, I have to say, there is a more positive spin we can put on the film. Go for it.
2: Which is that it is, among other things, fan fiction for Archer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh have you, have you, you guys have all seen archer, archer? oh you gotta watch nope. archer it's so good it's on I netflix I, I
2: i really recommend it it's it's one of the best written
0: i couldn't get show. into it at first the first episode really threw me but you gotta you gotta power through the whole first season you power through because it is so funny and so uh, full of great references yeah. and <laughs> it's a,
4: okay it's a,
0: parody,
2: it's a parody of james bond yeah um and the main character is um, is a really uh, thick headed uh, James Bond version uh, as an
0: American alcoholic. And, yeah, uh,
2: he works for a spy agency that's run by his mother,
0: and um, uh, it's it's a spy one agency of the- called ISIS. <laughs> yeah,
2: they do change the name <laughs> eventually, but but the um, but the the thing I'm thinking of is a very small point. One of the uh, one of the spy agency staff members is. Uh, uh, named Krieger, mm-hmm. who's a mad scientist mm-hmm. in all kinds of ways, mm-hmm. and and he has a um,
0: uh, a digital yeah a waifu uh, a waifu ter- <laughs> Japanese <Yeah>. pillow wifes <laughs> oh. except she's holographic. And, uh, yeah, oh,
2: we're losing Brian because that's uh, that's the. Uh, uh, that's well, what's his
0: name? It's, it's say that again. The name. It's K. The, uh, the main character. Yeah, K. Oh, I see. <laughs> no, because K ha, he has his virtual.
4: Uh,
2: some of the said that the film is it's just in an, ways, and well this is ultimate
0: objectification. We're, so, oh, we're I, losing you, Brian. We lost, you can't hear me. Yeah, we're losing wor- uh, syllables out of every word. Try it again. All right. How about now? You know? S- sorta.
2: All right. Well, I'm just trying to kill a few things. Yeah.
0: Uh, how about now? Yeah, so you're you're there. Okay. Um, but one of the one of the uh, that uh,
2: uh, we we go back. to...
0: Uh, that, uh, Damn it! Oh, I can't hear it. Are we out? Yeah, it's gone. It's 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 so breaky. It's on every we can hear you talking, but we can't hear the words. I don't know what I don't know what we can do other than uh, blow up Vermont's uh, telecommunication systems. Start again. <laughs> That's a cure than the disease, Jesse. I don't know. I don't know. I think it might might work better. Um, telephone line. <laughs> Uh yeah, I I I'm assuming what Brian was saying, uh is that there's this character Krieger and he has a digital wife, um she's a uh robotic hologram.
1: Oh, is that right?
0: And, uh, um, and uh, <laughs> K is uh is another word for Krieger. <laughs> Um,
5: I, I, I like that. I like that storyline in Blade Runner 2049. There's there's a real I mean, what appears to be a real relationship between Kay and his girlfriend. <coughs> so
0: yeah, did, you guys talked a bit about that on the skip yeah, and Fancy, right?
5: Right. And mm-hmm. then and th- and th- the ending when she's when after she's gone, he goes and he sees the the ad and the ad uses some of the same language that she did. It's like that broke my heart as he's standing there yeah. on the bridge. It's like everything all that relationship he thought was real and maybe to a small extent was real and he imagined the rest was all a lie and marketing. And it's like, oh that hit me right in the that's that's technology and hitting in the fields at the same
0: time, Jesse. I, I agree but it's not I, just technology. I, I agree that, that was the you know that's the heart of the film. Sorry, go for it, Evan.
3: Oh, but it's not just technology. It's our entire institutions, you know, by the time you're a marriageable age, you've been pretty well programmed into what to expect from a husband or a wife and what the ideal marriage will look like and what the ideal you know relationship will be like. And you know, people enter into relationships with a lot of this baggage behind them. And, you know, I'm I'm not sure there's like some authentic relationship we can I think, oh, think I, so I, I think it makes you think. So I think Kay and and jo, 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 I forget what her name was, but then her his girlfriend. I, I don't see why that's any less real than any of our relationships that we mm-hmm. have.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that's what you you come to the conclusion of right. So when when you when you quote unquote fall in love, <laughs> what happens is your brain is dosing you with tons of chemicals that make you <laughs> see things that are. That would otherwise be innocuous as uh, is adorable, right? Um, and then you 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 hang out with this other person who's also dosed up on the same drugs, and you wander the streets together holding hands, seeing the world as a new as a new thing. And then uh, you know time goes by, and maybe those drugs get Tamped down quite a bit, and you know, you stop all the
1: to irritation. <laughs> yeah, <they're, laughs>
0: right, all those adorable little quirks are suddenly, uh, you yeah. know, oh my god, About seven years. Get over right? it. <laughs> get over yourself. Um, there's, there's that. Oh, what I think is cool is that in having this digital girlfriend, we're getting a another step away from right back to the same idea that is in the original film, um, which is what makes a person human. Um, in philosophy they, they have this thing called a, a P zombie or a philosophical zombie. They're a person just like you and me except they don't actually have um, any they're basically a calculating robot right they, they don't know that they're a robot they just act like a, a person but all their emotions are fake just like a regular you know uh, computer program that would would make uh, simulated, Conversation and have simulated emotional reactions. If you said to the robot, um, "My father died today," and the robot is programmed to say, "Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that." Um, what What makes a a meat robot different from a a, a grown you know cyborg robot? I don't know android. Um, not much. And then take that a step further. Uh, what is what is a digital version of a of a cyborg, cyborg or android robot? There's no difference. And I think uh, it's it's trying to show us that yeah, we're just computers.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think you're right. Like the it, the other question it raises is like, is did Joy really feel all that stuff? Is she really in love with Kay? And sure, as
4: it's exactly like I what do. you're saying. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Like it, like you're saying, like when you're talking to someone who's just falling in love, like in that first six months, like mm-hmm. you can hear that. Um, that programming or that you can hear them fooling themselves, but you know, they're going to wake up after the six months and see things a little bit more realistically, but
0: yep.
1: they totally feel it. Yep. <laughs> and I think that's the same with joy. The like
0: drugs are real. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 but this, this I think it works. Of- uh, uh, you delete those scenes. You've got a good film, a good science fiction film in, even independent of, you know, you take off the blade runner title, you just have you know the references to skin yeah. job and and. Uh, Do
1: you mean the the Wallace and the the Rachel scenes? Uh,
0: yeah, you you delete Rachel, you delete um the guy with all the flying shit around his head and and the underground tomb. I, I like the girl who lived in the bubble. That was fine. I'll I'll keep that.
1: Yeah, I I feel the same way. Like whenever I think about this movie, if I'm thinking about the plot and Wallace, I'm kind of like, oh, maybe it wasn't that amazing. But then if I just take those out and think about all the rest. I'm so excited about it. I could probably never watch another movie again. You know, it's just so good yeah, if you take it's, out it's, those scenes. It's
0: very high level.
1: If they just made the story about Kay and maybe about his boss, like if it had been sort of more like Yoshi and her. Yeah, I'd watch a TV show
0: based on that, you know.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. You didn't need that yeah. stupid Wallace. No.
0: no, no.
5: Robin Wright in a TV show? I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, it's been deleted from the collective unconscious. People will no longer talk about it, right?
5: I am am sad we're way off topic. I think I saw you
0: tweet something like, uh, I just finished watching all of House of Cards. And that was like two days before we found out. uh, It
5: was two days before that. It's like, I'm glad. (laughs) And now that they've halted production, I mean, we're not going to get to see probably... Robin Wright as President seasons like dang it that's what was, I'm there for that now you can have that you just just kill off Frank Underwood let Claire have the spotlight but no I'm I'm not in Hollywood I don't know Hollywood director obviously
0: do you but, this is sort of unrelated do you think uh, any of these people are going to be rehabilitated all the people that have been it's really interesting like just last I don't know month and a half or so of every all these um. Uh, you know h- people it, it's actually kind of related to the hood maker now that I think about it all these people are being exposed for their for their crimes their uh, hidden secrets
3: mm-hmm. I was thinking about the same thing today yeah like are we going to talk about well I guess Weinstein he actually was raping people so yeah he's not the best he, example. He's, but some of these others who you know how many of us would be if, if there was like a telepathic scan in the workplace
0: yeah, if you can yeah. be condemned for your thoughts, scary. you're you're in everyone's everyone's in trouble because everyone thinks everything. I think um, yeah, that's what thinking is. But making your body do what you're thinking and saying what the fuck you think you asshole stop thinking that um, is a big. I mean, just well that's what ideas are, right? They're thoughts that are going on in your head. They're not expressions of those thoughts. Uh, On the world, I I think that that does bring us back to the hoodmaker. But uh, I think uh, it's just really interesting um, to me that I I think it might, if if you're one's writing a book about the time period that we're in, right? I I guess you're a historian, Evan, thinking about how uh, people are are writing it. Uh, We talked a little bit about the Massey uh, affair um, yesterday. Uh, how in 1932 um a white woman uh straight up kills a uh hawaiian and um is about to dump his body caught red-handed admits to it in a newspaper that she murdered him um is sentenced to a a reasonable term uh surprisingly and then has that her sentence commuted to one hour um because straight up racism um looking at oh. it from our perspective it's unbelievable that such a thing could happen um, but that's because it was 1932 in a, in a state that isn't even a state yet um, looking at our times now I think if s- somebody was going to sum sum these things up they would start to say you know remember back in t- 2016 somebody released a tape of the president uh, to be saying um, I-, I like to grab him by the pussy um, and that sort of starts a ball rolling where everybody's now, now it can be said. Now people will start to believe because just accidentally, in this sort of attack on this one guy, we've unleashed a hurricane of truth that's going to mm. roll out and, and expose all the lies, right? How they say, how it says at the end of I, Claudius, let all the poisons that lurk in the mud hatch out we're seeing all this hatching going up all over the place and yet uh, some of it is like yeah, it's fairly innocuous I mean mm-hmm. uh, uh, what Al Frankenden is kind of just sad and pathetic as far as I can hear uh, what he's he did was you know, oh god that's really yeah. sad you poor man <laughs> Yeah. Uh, really I mean really sad and pathetic and then other people are like straight up monsters right um, so uh, some of them are, are trying, to re- uh, trying to be rehabilitatable what do we think about Frank Underwood is he coming back because he's he was such a big player or the actor what's his name Kevin, Kevin Spacey Kevin Spacey can he come back I
5: sadly think not I, at least not from this show maybe, maybe in Mel some years Mel Gibson year came back na- Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing, maybe in some years when things have, uh, this has settled, then he'll show up uh, in some role somewhere. I mean, look at Woody Allen, after all. Yeah. I mean, he's still still making stuff years and years after some some horrible things that uh, have come out. Um, So, but yeah, I think House of Cards is done, sadly. They're not going to do the Claire Underwoods Let's Kill Off Frank idea that hollywood listen to me that <laughs> i'd want it would work but i mean it would so work uh, but yeah I, I i think maybe 10 20 years from now we'll see him do a, a small character role and uh
0: he'll go back to the stage or something for a while
5: he will go back or maybe go back to the stage yeah. but yeah but for for the medium term i hope he has enough money socked in the bank that uh Can pay off his mortgage and stuff because (laughs) because right now yeah no no film TV or even uh, local community theater is going to touch him for
1: well the the other thing is as well like at the start it was it's like shocking he was like kind of the symbol of like all of this stuff going on but now as like more and more things get pulled out and especially as like small things because like everyone's being branded as a monster right now. Yeah. So pretty soon we're going to realize, Oh, we're all monsters. Yeah. And I think he's just going to fade into the mess of like, look how messed up the world is. And some of them are actually worse monsters than others. And we'll be able to like separate them a bit more. Yeah. But right now it's all just, uh,
0: yeah, Hey, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, crap. I was going to say, uh, leader of India. <laughs> what's his name? Gandhi, right? He came back. Everybody still respects him. Um, he was sleeping with sixteen-year-old girls. It's um, uh. <laughs> like uh, Churchill. He he's a real fucker. People still like him, right? Yeah. Uh, I, 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 he's he's not a fucker in in the sex way. He was a fucker in other ways, as far as I know. But it, JFK, you know, cheating on his wife left and right. Um, yeah. Is that the I same? I mean, at
1: the thing? end of the day, we
0: yeah
1: we almost don't care. I mean, look at the Catholic Church and stuff uh, as well. 100%. Like. It's just like and <laughs> we we're, we are I, outraging I feel like, and we're like.
0: Eh. I feel like if if uh, there's a whole bunch of other places where this sort of uh, nice uh, cleansing sunlight and breeze would would uh, do uh, a world of good, but I also think it's all cycles that it it, it just you know it's not like suddenly uh, all this was invented, right? Humans have been no. doing this shit for thousands of years, and and uh, at some points in history they didn't even care to hide it. Right, they're just like that's what I do. What you talking about? Right. We're having one on Sunday. Come on over.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's only in Hollywood. Right? Like it's not even a Hollywood thing. Like people seem to think it's yeah. like something to do with Hollywood. It's like no, it's just because the woman in Hollywood have a little bit of status yeah, and power, not, like Twitter equal to like
0: that you can't you, you can't ignore. Yeah, at a certain point. So they, they have the opportunity
1: marks. to speak up about you it and it. they can talk about it.
0: And uh, somebody said uh, something cute. Uh, was that if uh, Rose McGowan had said just a few weeks before uh, that uh, a a squad of Mossad agents was trying to uh, destroy her life, (laughs) people would say, uh, she's crazy. And I'd heard rumors that she was crazy before, right? Um, Yeah. And not that I spent a lot of time. (laughs) I just somehow, it perkled percolated all the way through to me. It's like, why isn't Rose McCowan in any movies? And I I heard this. uh, It's like, oh, yeah, she would have been branded as crazy, right? And that's literally what they were doing. The ex-Massad agents were out there trying to discredit her. Hired by Weinstein. It's it's like, wow. Um, It's a real refreshing breeze. And it, it shows you the consequences of, you know, anytime you push in a weird direction, you get weird unexpected consequences because it's it's almost like physics the pent-up energy has to go someplace
5: totally the things slew in unexpected directions i mean from kevin spacey to roy moore to al franken hmm. so yeah
0: interesting well uh, is this how you expected it to go evan
3: uh, well, no, I didn't expect to talk about Blade Runner or Harvey Weinstein. I <laughs> expected to talk just about the hoodmaker. Uh,
0: tell us but about your life. I do and-
3: think you're right though that this all, because I, I was thinking, is this gonna come up? Because in the end of the day, I think thought crime is 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 rather banal. And I, I'm not sure people in power actually care that much about thought crime. I guess that's that's really would be my. Well, it's it's only to, a means to a control,
0: right? That it- uh, to me, the, the, the story was about McCarthyism and the witch hunts. And, and literally, I was thinking about actual witch hunts as well and how they worked. It, it's basically the mob mentality. Is, is, and listening to a lot of Jordan Peterson podcasts, um, he was talking about how, um, how the, the protests, and this might tie in, I don't know uh, what it's like in Taipei, but um, the protests on campus for sp- safe spaces is is kind of like a um uh a right wing thing we normally think of is um you're not of the body right sort of an immunity reaction and and the people surround the speaker they don't like and shout them down um and say not on our campus not in our space right this is a safe space and that apparently increases the like the the sensitivity um and and it, it's not even about ideas necessarily. It's just like um, once you get tagged with a certain kind of label, um, people people freak out um, because they're in a group that sort of has a sentiment towards um, not you know we can't have any kind of stuff like that because it, it it's all hurtful. Well, ideas aren't hurtful. Well,
3: I think this is a real problem on on the left these
0: days yes huge problem
3: where you get good and i guess i I guess i'll admit i'm a bit on the left but you have good leftists who get called out for being sexist for something they they misspoke or something they wrote or usually pretty banal things not like harvey weinstein kind of stuff and that just fractures fractures the movement yeah and i don't i don't I guess I don't see where it gets us. I mean, at some point, you gotta deal with Richard Spencer. and I mean, the left has to deal with Richard Spencer. it
0: wouldn't exist if they didn't put him, and putting him on TV. You
3: have TV. to face him, man. You can't do that from a safe space, no, I guess. No. And so I, I'm not that sympathetic to that. And I, at the end of the day, I don't think thought crime really matters that much. If, if your boss is surveilling you, and they do, right, they... Check how much you're on Facebook, or they can record how many times how much do you type per minute, or whatever. They, because they want to exploit you more. That's why they that's do it. Right. They don't really care if you're just some goofy porn, and that's what you're doing on your lunch break.
0: It's all they about might watch that, and that's it. Yeah, that's. All. Um, what's so I, I think what matters at the end of the day is what happens
3: real in the real world, and not. We shouldn't be too focused on on people's thoughts because they're so random and weird anyways. Who knows what goes in our head? (laughs) I mean, things just pop in all the time. And how much free will do we really have over that? I suppose you've talked about that before on this podcast. Probably. The whole free will debate.
0: I'm sure. Um, I want to hear about life in Taipei because I I have a lot of students from Taiwan, but I I don't hear it from a Westerner's perspective going in there and living there. What's it? Because I I like the
3: food. I'm from a very small town. Uh I'm from a town of about... Rothschild, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Wausau is nearby and that's 30,000 but my hometown is 5,000 or so people mm-hmm. and even though most over half my life I've lived in larger cities Albany and Miami and Boston Eugene and Taipei i I never quite get used to it so I just don't really like cities and <laughs> I'm always dreaming of 80 acres mm-hmm. somewhere <laughs> but it's It got me thinking a lot. Living here got me thinking a lot about urban planning and the power of capital in urban planning. I, I got to research that a lot. and it, it actually helped me look at Philip Dick in new ways mm-hmm. because I got to think more about what he's saying about cities, and especially books like The Penultimate Truth or even Adjustment Team, that story. you know, I got mm-hmm. to think about them some more. But it's just people work so much here, and everyone is— Like it's like a a big shopping mall here, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know some Westerners in Taiwan like really like the culture, but you know, I don't really experience that that much. I I just see a big shopping mall and escalators. And and Uh. I I think it's really like I feel like capitalism here more than I feel like Taiwanese culture, Mm -hmm. and more so than when I'm in America. When I'm in America, I feel I'm kind of. I can talk with people and it's kind of like <laughs> normal human interactions, but here everything is different. Even in the workplaces, you know, people talk to you because they think they can benefit from you in some yeah. way or another. So I'm, I'm, I've kind of gotten, I got a little bitter about <laughs> Taipei.
0: Yeah. It's, it's much more relaxed here. Um, even a, a lot of the immigrants that are, are, if they're not immigrants, they're, uh, uh educational immigrants, right. Educational move movement are here, I get the sense that they like it here because it is so sedate. <laughs> you know, like, all the all the people around here are like, yeah, whatever. That's cool. <laughs> they they, they like going hiking, hiking. These... you know, that's, it's just, and, and, and the thing is, is they're not like that, but they like being in the surroundings where it's sort of less com- competitive just all the time constantly.
3: I, well, I can understand that, even just the hiking, because a park here is literally like there's some green space between two roads and they plant a few trees mm, and that's a park yeah. in some parts of taipei because it's so crowded right. it's a rather small city right but it's very hierarchical here the institutions the families are all very hierarchical and you know and people really don't feel very free i think
0: so that's why you you're know? looking for work What's
3: well that... i'm working for work because i've kind of been out of it for oh i thought you were... for four I... or five years i've been an adjunct professor yeah that very small cases and getting grants and tutoring mm.
0: and things like that mm. and
3: that's why I've had so much time to mess up with Philip Dick and-
0: well you've been doing a lot of those shows I, I hope I hope, Marissa and Paul you get a chance to listen to some because
1: yeah I, just I have had, listened to a couple I
5: just haven't They're had awesome. the chance yet I've, I've been fiddling trying to search for your podcast on player it's, FM it's pretty hard to fiddle. find and yeah.
0: and Evans, uh, your tweet your tweets don't uh, show what how awesome your podcast is. They just say new episode out, and I think that must be automated. <laughs> is that how it says?
3: It it automates. Yeah, well, I, with Facebook I can individualize it, but it is automated for tweet. Yeah, I'm not the best marketer. I uh,
0: admit. I'm you're not speaking to the best marketer uh, either, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to find. It's hard to find, and and that's a kind of a shame because you got a lot of good a lot of good content We right. go through a ton which is amazing yeah how many episodes well, a week the, are you doing
3: well i'm doing two philip dick stories a week yeah and i'm doing about 200 pages of, of american writers
5: right. that's a lot of podcasts it so is
3: about two episodes about four episodes. and they're not yeah. short either it's
0: not like three minutes or five minutes right mm-hmm.
3: yeah no they're they're the Philip Dick ones are about twenty minutes each, gonna, and uh, you, uh, the other ones are more closer to an hour. Actually, I'm
0: sure you could like package them up into a into a book. Is that what is that the plan? Well, I already I already
3: wrote a book about
0: Philip. Yeah, Dick.
3: I'm just uh, it, uh, it, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> I don't think, but I so I would like someday to write what I I would like to defend the American tradition in the age of Trump if I can. And that's partially what I'm trying to do in my podcast is is to examine the American tradition in a much more liberatory way. It's often a very much more left-wing way. Mm -hmm. In a way to basically make a claim for the greatness of the American literary tradition in in an era where America's U.S. reputation, I should say, the U.S. reputation is taking a beating. As, as I mean, for good reason. I mean, the they're going to have to yeah. own... They, 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 Americans are going to have to own Trump and the consequences of that. It's going to
0: be a, but, an interesting set of few years ahead of us. Mm-hmm. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com